Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. I'm your host, Chris Fuller. And I'm the caffeinated Mark Hyde. <laughs> on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a, uh, a topic that's kind of a hot topic right now, especially in the uh, Southern Baptist yeah. Convention, but not just there. It's kind of been on the on the forefront for about, what, 10 years now? Uh, at least, and we're two bros about to talk about this. Yeah, so we're going to talk about what does the Bible say about women in leadership? Mark, are you ready for this conversation? Not really, but let's go. Let's go. Hey, oh, that short was quick. That was really short. <laughs> so, Oops. so, um, wait, first of all, let's state the obvious. There's no video today. No, sorry, YouTube. I forgot it at home because this is the first time back in studio since En Getty. So, and I screwed up. En Getty was the 22nd, 23rd of July. We are what? Uh, August uh, 12th now. Yep. And before that, we really hadn't recorded hardly at all in July either because you guys were so busy with vacations and family reunions and everything yep. else. And now we're about to move. And maybe now- maybe if the seller and the, the new buyer would just get their crap together and, and not do and not be what we're going to talk about in next week's episode, maybe we could stink and buy and sell a house. Did you tell them who you were? Did you say, I'm Mark Hyde, the host of RTC? No, but I okay. said, if you don't it, it do this... It probably wouldn't have had any sway. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I could have said, hey, I got a direct line to God. You better get your crap together. You know, I can pray for blessing or I can pray, pray for curses. <laughs> I mean, the Old Testament did that quite a bit. Yeah. I'm just saying, but I will got, say this, Gotta love though, your enemy, though. <laughs> and that's what's... I was telling Beth this the other day, because we, we both are frustrated. And so, so at the, I mean, we're, we're moving. We're moving closer sure. to you. Yeah, if, if everything three goes and, through... Three and a half minutes Three and a half minutes from out. your house. Three and a half minutes from... Uh, from the Parker's house, Devin and Kathleen. Wait, wait, are I got a friend. question. Yes? So if, if I'm three and a half minutes away, are you going to actually make it at six o'clock? No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. He's I'll like, probably no. leave at six. No, bro. You got to be here at six. Well, today was bad because the construction was awful. It was like 630. <laughs> no, I got here at 611. No, it was like Then I that. talked to Janiel out at, by the van for like five minutes. And then it was like, it was I like 620 in. at least. Maybe, maybe by the time I stepped into your house. Yeah, probably 620. Probably, bro. Probably my, <laughs> my bad, bro. But so we're moving, we're moving out closer to here, which yep. is also right next to our church that I'm going to. I'm going to right. New Life, where you're still at Southside. So it's literally we can cut through someone's property and be on the church property, which is awesome. We're closer to school. We're closer to the entire community that we're starting to build out here in Osceola. And I am dealing with people who are probably, I mean, I don't know if they know Jesus or not, but we're we're trying to live our Christian witness right now. Right. And y'all making it real hard. <laughs> You should have left them a business card, RTC. Been like, hey, no, it's, it's kind of like when you have a Jesus sticker on the back of your car, you probably should not have a Jesus sticker <laughs> on the back of your car because when you drive like an idiot, well, you're making Christians look or, bad. Or you just don't drive like an idiot. That's that's also fair. But but I'm like, man, but people are just greedy when it comes to buying and selling houses. Like they're just yeah. slapping around money. Like I'm like, I can't just hand you $10,000, boss. Like that's not how this works. Well, it's funny because it sounds like the buyer of your house wants you to give them Everything, everything, and then the seller, and then do all the work too on top the, of it. And then the seller of this other house wants you to give him like another ten thousand dollars. Like, wait, wait a second, more. Here. How does this work exactly? And that's and, and so it's like we know it's the right move. We're trying to get into the right area. We're sure. we're trying to not force an issue and just let be what's be, but also like, you know, nope, this is the final offer. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And if you're going to leave it, you're not going to sell your house. And But the hard part is both the sales are predicated upon each other happening. So if right. one falls through, who knows what's going to happen with the other one? Sure. Like, so <laughs> so it's like, it, there's just a lot of stress, man. Mm. I hate moving. I hate it. It's, I love my uh, wife, yeah. but I hate moving. Wow. But again, I know this is the right decision. 
and 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 I get very comfortable and lazy, and I would sure. just I, I'll stay I'll stay comfortable, lazy, and drive all the well, time just because it's easy, but it doesn't make it right. So I'm thankful that Beth is is like, nope, we like this is the right move. Let's do it. Let's all right, do it. Well, now it's time to just trust and obey. Just drink your coffee. That was. A- for the sh- the espresso or espresso trust shot and o- trust trust and obey and then flip some tables like Jesus no. did in the temple no <laughs> no man we talked about we we talked about it how is. stressful moving was before it, the yeah, episode it, started yeah. though no it is well, even for you guys it's man. stressful to move it's stressful the buying process not like looking at the houses but like the inspection process to you know all the finer details the appraisals and, oh, and the inspections just, and then yeah. the fixes oh, and yeah. all the different little things. Yeah, because it could be like one one thing could just like you like think, okay, yeah, I'm getting this. I remember this one house that the septic had failed. This was the very first time Janine and I were looking at houses. Um, it was before our very first house we bought. We put an offer in over in Roseland, over right by Notre oh, Dame. Rose, I didn't realize that. Over in Roseland. Right, over right by, like a mile and a half from Notre Dame. We're like, cool, you know, during football season, we'll rent the house out and it'll pay for our mortgage for the year. You know, it was and like, if people don't know, that's it was a like, thing here in Notre Dame. It was like a four or five bedroom. I can't remember. It was like four or five. And it had an elevator in the house. Come on. That went to the, it was a ranch style, but no, it was two, no, it was two store. And it went to and all it three floors. Elevator. It had an elevator in it. <laughs> it was sweet. It was sweet. And uh, it had an elevator. The septic was complete. They, I had the septic tested. It was complete failure. The septic was. So I said, okay, all we're asking, we'll, we'll, we were paying asking costs, all that. I said, just, you got to fix the septic. I'm right. not going to buy a house with a bad septic. No, no, no. You're, and the guy not goes, a bad eight with no septic. Yes. The guy goes, no, you pay for it and pay full price. And I said, no. And, he, and I go, my realtor goes, are you guys willing to walk away from this? I said, well, yeah. He goes, well, he'll probably come back. And he sure didn't. He, we walked away from that house and we were like dead set. We had paid all this money for the inspections and all this stuff and ended up losing the house because the guy was again, greedy. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. And that's, what, that's, that's what's been hard, man. And it's, I get nervous and stressed because it's like, I have seven kids. I can't just bunk with Grammy for a couple of weeks. <laughs> if, if things go going like ain't nobody can house the hides besides maybe new life. Maybe we, we you can, guys, Hey, Pastor hey, Michael, can we sleep at church? You better get like three, eight man tents. I mean, at this point, it's gonna be cheaper for us to Airbnb that mug. But I got, I got some yard. You can set up tents in the back. <laughs> <laughs> if you had your boat, I would say, can I sleep in your boat? But wow, you, no, you, yeah, you, you sold have, the fishing boat. Yeah, I don't have a boat. But so, if someone can house the nine hides, that would be awesome. I'm just throwing. <laughs> Yeah. We may need, but either way, we are back from Engetti. We are back in the studio. And you know what? First this time is, in a couple weeks. I just realized this is like the third month. week in a row. Third week, third week in a row. Third week in a row where we have not had video. No, because we did not have video at because I screwed up. I haven't got my hair done right. I, so, I wore my RTC shirt and I brought you a gift today. Well, and just a spoiler, you uh, you did bring me. I a brought gift, you a gift, but we're not going to talk about it yet. You 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 know what my gift is? Oh no, I thought that was what we're got in the cup no that was that was that was i mean that was a gift from joe and kimberly in peru oh, oh, but i, I have another gift so when we talk about the coffee gift i'll i'll, I'll show up the other gift okay to well, my backpack to my backpack okay well the the uh i just spoil alert for everybody next week we're not gonna have video either nope <laughs> so we're gonna go a whole month with no video but you know what forgive us but check this out you the, the audio sync was a little frustrated i know but you started your apologetic series over on youtube youtube only yeah i haven't i haven't i'm still working on the notes a, for the second you know i bet you we could rip that and then fix the audio and re-upload it probably but it would, it would kill all the stats that are already there yeah but I, I wish there was an easy way to fix it yeah there's not i just need to mess around with the audio because 
So I have a... But a, on YouTube, YouTube only right now. Just You started YouTube. an apologetics course over I there. I did. And maybe one of these days, maybe we'll... I mean, because I, I uploaded the audio. Yeah, to you control the audio so, uploads now. So, so I mean, it's there. You. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe I'll decide one day. Maybe what I'll do... Patreon. Maybe what I'll... No, we're not a patron. <laughs> but maybe what I'll do is when the whole apologetics 101 course is done, maybe just like... Drop, drop that every, mug. everything. Just drop them all at the same time. <laughs> just like a mass upload. Mass. Look, I'm upload. looking for where the camera's at. I know. I'm looking at the camera. Like, hey, oh, wait. I'm just but but this was the thing. I didn't get it. It was so awkward to record because we couldn't make eye contact with people because then they would walk in and talk to us while we're recording. We're like, nope, nope, nope. Can't, yeah, right. can't do that. <laughs> but then we're also like awkwardly, we don't know where to look and what to talk. And so, so I think it's actually comfortable for us to pretend there's a camera there. It is because it's, it's almost like you're sitting there, Sabrina, and you're listening Which to us is, talk. It's crazy because you know? for the first, what, year, year and a half, we didn't have any video. Nope. Ever. And so it was and all now Johnny audio. can see us. And now Jenny. And Michael can see us. Go, Johnny. And go. Jeremy can see us. Yeah. And Raina can see us. And, and all these people can see us. Yes. Yes, they can. All right. Anyways, should we dive into the party queue? Since Let's do it. Since we're moving right along. So in the for episode. those of you who are new to the podcast, something that we started a while back was you know, we want you guys to enjoy the show. We asked to get to know you guys quite a bit, especially in the Facebook group, which has been really awesome. You guys have been introducing yourselves. That's fantastic. Instagram. And we were like, if we're asking you guys to introduce yourself to us, you might as well get to know us a little bit. So that's kind of where this whole thing started. Sure. Let's just, let's just, let's just chit, chit, chit. Let's just chit. No, let's have a chit chat. Let's chit. Have no. some fun. Get to know us a little bit. And that way, maybe in your morning commute, you can have a couple there of There we go. Too. We can have Michael over and we can start. We're chitting with Pastor Michael. <laughs> That'd be dope. Anyways, so this uh, category you picked on the Party 5 app is called How Many? How Many? So how many times have you received over $10,000 at once? Uh, oh, we've answered the question before on the podcast. Have we? Yeah, we have. But mine, so mine is whenever I've sold, sold a house. house. Yeah, that's twice mine. That's I think that's the only time is when I've ever sold a house. And typically it goes right back. It goes into right, right house, back into so. the next house. Yep. It's, it's like, oh, this, that was nice. Oh, that's gone. Yeah, I think that's it was selling okay. the house. Uh, let's not do. Uh, how many books do you read per year? <laughs> Wait. How many do I start? No, 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 how no, many no, do I no, finish? No. How many do you read no audio books? See, I don't uh, actually don't do audio books even really? right now. I do so much podcast. That's what I, I listen books. to hours of podcast oh, every week. Yeah, I do too. That's the problem. You know, when I did my ordination, they were like, all right, so how do you how do you further educate? Do you read books? I'm like, no, I listen to podcasts. Podcasts. And, and like Pastor Scott and like Pastor Robin, they're like, oh yeah, it's awesome. What podcast? And the old guys were like, you do what? What? What's this? And they, I remember all the old guys looked at Scott and he's like, it's a thing. Don't worry. What's it's this a thing. here? Fish cast? So I, had or I had to explain what a podcast the, was the to these guys the in my face, ordination. Yeah. The face space. And <laughs> but no, actually finished per year. Uh, Okay. Finished per year since, let's just say since uh, COVID, s- uh, since twenty twenty. Well, I, know, I was gonna say like since grad school. Oh, you're reaching well, back. No, like I mean, I I maybe read like a book a year. I start like five generally. So I maybe finish at least one in a year. I'm reading my church history book. I'm almost halfway through. And that I, thing is huge. Uh, well, yeah, I'm reading. Is huge. I'm reading an apologetics book that's like almost five hundred. See, pages. and that's it. Like we're picking books with like six hundred words, like little size ten fonts, single spaced. Yeah. So that don't count. I read a lot of kid books a year, This is the book we're going through in our small group, a 600-page book, 500-page book. Why did you pick that for small groups? Because it's packed. What book is it? Full of information. It's uh, uh, Basic Guiding Principles to Apologetics. By? By, It's it's forwarded by Ron Rhodes. I'll show it to you after the podcast. Wow. 
I'll, I'll get going it. nuts over there in the small group land. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, it's intense stuff, too. Anyways. But, no, there's people out there like Gab. I don't know if Gab's, I know, I think Jagger still listens. Uh, Gab reads, like, I don't know, like 10 books a month, it seems like. Yeah. I, I girl just reads. I wish. It's I, impressive. I used to have time to do all that, but then we had kids, and now I don't have Oh, see, I, I never even read unless I had to for school. See, I like to read, but. All right. Uh, I would probably say I'm probably one to two books every six months. So probably four books a year. I'd, I'd say probably about a book a year for me. That but, I finished. but I listen to it. But that depends on the size of the book too, right? So, oh yeah. No, I, mean, I read one book last year, like a week. Cause yeah, it was right. like 150 pages or something like double that. Space, yeah. Yeah, I mean, bigger font. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or like Randy Acorn's like uh, questions about heaven or Alcorn, Randy Alcorn, Randy Alcorn. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, I'll read that in a day. Like, but like is that what we're talking about? We read some grown man books. Well, we're some grown people, some, books. some heavy theological. I books. can't say grown man book in this, this conversation though. So grown people, but okay. So last question. Last uh, one. Okay. How many dollars do you spend at your typical grocery store visit? <laughs> you mean with the seven kids that I got? <laughs> The nine people in your family. He's like, oh, let's see here. Put it this way. Um, I sell a kid every time I have to go. Basically, I mean, we go to Sam's and we do some damage. Let me just yeah. put it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But to answer your question, I don't know how much we spend per month or per every two well, weeks. So normally by the time Beth goes. Um, we do get some wick because of the, the girl's adoption. Sure. Um, but we only get that for just the youngest two now. So it's really not that much. Um, I mean, <laughs> I got older kids that can blow through that in like a heartbeat. Um, I got a younger kid. But we that can spend blow that. hundreds, hundreds. So hundreds. I would say in a typical month, rough average is somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a range because I don't really want people to know the exact amount, but I have a good a general idea. Even though Janiel does all the shopping, uh, it's anywhere from uh, eight hundred to eleven hundred dollars a month. Okay, so that for would a be family of five. So that'd be what one hundred and fifty, two hundred per week. Uh, no, more right. than that, my good friend. Well, for 250 per week, three. So three at the most, $300 per week at the most on food. But you got three most. kids. It was a family. Now, do you bring your own lunch to work every single every day or do you have single to day. You get it there? Uh, no, I can't oh, my, 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 I'm can't currently signing on my budget app. I feel like I don't even know, but it's, it's, I don't like looking at the number. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Seven kids. Yeah. Two adults. It ain't pretty. And we do like Costco and Aldi and like wherever we can find the best deal. Oh, see, we are a exclusive. Uh, we, we do Sam's club for the kids lunches. Cause that's the best place for that. But then we're exclusive pretty much Meyer and Aldi. Yeah. I can't afford Meyer. It's too expensive. That's why you got to get, you know, the Aldi for the good stuff. And then I go, where are you going to go, go to Meyer? Yeah. Aldi, Costco. It depends on the day. It depends on the day. Walmart, if I absolutely have to. But yeah, we, let's put it this way. Hyde spent a lot of money at the grocery store because we have yeah. to feed a whole you guys got an army. bunch of kids. But you I will say, Beth is fantastic at making meatloaf. But she's also fantastic at. Speaking of meatloaf, Janiel made some meatloaf. Really? Last We're week. talking about meatloaf, guys. But it was a Mexican meatloaf. Oh, what makes it Mexican? Was it like it was like like did she use like chorizo instead of ground no, beef? No, it's ground. It was ground. Actually, it was ground turkey. But it had like Ooh, the ground turkey is fantastic. It had like the taco seasoning and like it was like the green peppers, the onion. Like it had like oh, that's pretty. That's pretty nice. Like a like a Mexican. Uh, well, like an American Mexican. American Mexican Tex Mex. Well, yeah, that it basically it was like a Tex Mex. Okay, but, I'm, I'm but a Tex-Mex so, so it has meatloaf. like your um, corn stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it have all your spices and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. See, we do more of a. A, uh, brown sugar based 
meatloaf, and it's fantastic. Well, typically we do, but she wanted to switch it up a little bit, so I was like, all right. All right, but but Beth does a fantastic job of going, how can we make this real cheap for a whole lot of people? Hamburger Helper, but not the actual Hamburger Helper brand. She is terrific. And tell you what, noodles can go a long way with a whole bunch of kids. I'm just saying. So back when I was broke. (laughs) When you were broke, broke, broke. Like when, when you were so when, when I, you were so broke, you I, were when I was so broke that I used to walk to the store, <laughs> and the store was seriously three miles away from my house. Wow, you were broke, broke. And the store, the closest store was well, there, I could go to the three mile was the convenience store in the gas station, and three and a half miles was the Dollar General. Wow, those were the two closest stores. So back when I you know was broke, broke, and used to hike, uh, I'd go to Dollar General, and they had the off-brand beef stroganoff. And I'd buy like, I don't know, five boxes of that. And you'd and carry a, that? And then a five pound uh, like uh, ground beef uh, tube or whatever the heck it was, whatever they sold at. Would oh, you slap it in the backpack and walk Slapped home? Slapped it in the backpack, walked home, made beef stroganoff and fed me for a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when Beth goes on Back vacation, she gets all this stuff prepped and then I cook it and then I just reheat meat all like... For those, like, four hey, days she was gone. It not, was glorious. Nothing better than leftovers, man. It was fantastic. But, no, but Beth is Beth crushes it with, you know, even though we got a butt ton of kids, she does a fantastic job of, of just taking care of us with that yeah. regards. So All right. Well, let's jump into talking about the coffee. I love it. So we finally get coffee. to drink it, Joe. So, Joe, it's well, I'm looking at the imaginary look at the camera. camera. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Uh, yes, it's a Joe Frerichs special. From Peru. Like, we actually, yeah, like, like, he sent this to like, us from Peru. Like, everything's in Spanish. It is fantastic. It's, it's really so, good. So, we've had two different Peruvian coffees now this from Peru. My, this is my favorite one. Fant- oh, this is fantastic. So, this so is Joe one. texted me the other day. He goes, hey, did you get the package that I sent you? I'm like, yeah, we finally got, because he meant to send it, like, a while back. I think it just took a while to get here, because, you know. It's Peru. Peru. <laughs> and then he shipped it to a buddy here, I think, in the States. And yeah. then they shipped it on to us, I think, is what it was. Gotcha. And so, by the time it got to us, we're like, all right, let's. Let's do this. And then last week we had to cancel, so I had to sit there right. and look at this coffee for another week and a half. It's like, you follow your No, we can like, me. dude, you kill And I, I actually uh, texted Joe. I'm like, I may not wait for Fuller. I don't know if I can make it. Wouldn't it be the first time? I don't time? know if I can. No, it was not. But the other stuff was really dark and thick and velvety. This is very full body. 100% it's, full body. It is a good, like, morning cup. It's like a good, best part of waking up is Peru in your cup type of coffee see i think this is also pretty decent around a campfire you know with some s'mores because it's thicker see i don't think it's, it's got that cocoa I like hit a, to I it i like a little bit lighter of a body for like a dessert oh see i like i like light body in the morning yeah see I'm i do light I body like, in the morning i like full body nope. like scream ah, right in your your own taste buds no i let it's mine delicious. going what's up big guy hey i know you're tired but i got you you like the ones that are like hey mark it's it's time to awaken your taste just buds. Just, just just rub hey, my back a little bit hey, it's okay Pin a happy tree. <laughs> Side note: We found a uh, we found a Bob Ross coloring book, I know. and you better believe we bought that mug. I know. I oh saw yeah, wait, so it's the birthday yeah. party. Yeah, but Joe sent us other things too. Uh oh. So I have a gift for you, Fuller. Oh boy. And we can't show it on the camera, so I have to take a picture of it. My gift's back at home. I left mine back at home. Okay, I'm ready. I am. I, I am I down. I am All down. Right, so remember how we sponsored <gasps> the no Peruvian way. soccer team? Are you serious? So the jerseys finally came in. Sweet. So look at that on the sleeve. Oh, that Real is talk awesome. Christian. Hey, wait a minute. Yours is different than mine. Mine, they forgot to cut out the A and talk, and they forgot to cut out like the P in the podcast or something like that. So it looks a little <laughs> funny. But they even dropped your oh, number. They put, they put a number on it and everything. Nice. 
Oh, I can't wait to show this off. Isn't that amazing? And okay, That's so, so cool. This is the most comfortable, best fitting jersey I own now. But so it's so Joe has. Uh, we interviewed Joe on episode thirty. 40, 40, 40, 40 because that's what's Yes, yes. And so we interviewed him. They were going down to Peru. They were raising funds to support and all these different things. And we were able to come alongside them and yeah, help them. Yeah. And then uh, we sent down, down some money. Like, hey, just buy some balls for the kid, you know, whatever. Shin and Joe's balls, like, yeah, yeah whatever you need. And Joe's like, hey, can we put your logo on the jersey? And I said, absolutely not. He goes, how about the sleeve? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> and so he did Tiny that. Part. I said, the only thing you got to do for his boss is we got to get some jerseys sent back here to the States for That's us. Awesome. So, so I got one with me with my, with my number 14. That was my, nice. that was my soccer number all the way through my career. That was, Sweet. that was my number. I'm excited. And so, so that Jersey is the Peruvian team that Joe coaches. And because I, of the team he coaches, there's been a lot of kids that have been saved through it. Their parents have been coming so to here's church the and they compete in this tournaments. This is so cool. I don't know if I want to wear it. I might want to like put it in like a Jersey shadow box and ha- hang it here in the studio. See, that'd be dope, but I like wearing mine. I know, but it's, so, it's real comfy. We don't have a lot of things like memorabilia sent from us, you know, from, from like other countries and, and listeners. We so. probably should have kept all those coffee bags people sent us and we could have like a wall of coffee oh, bags. That, that would have been, been dope. dope. Hey, if you sent us coffee over the last two years, can you send us a back again a little bit more <laughs> so we can do the wall? Retroly. Uh, but either way, that is goes. the gift that Joe and Kimberly Thank sent you, us. Thank you, Joe. I'm going to actually uh, text it. Well, I'll Facebook message him yep. tonight. And thank him. Awesome. I'm so cool. I love it. Well, hey, That's dude, awesome. we probably should read this review and get into the conversation, well, right? Why, why is that? Why do you want to jump into it? Because so uh, it's, uh, it, I don't want to say <laughs> it. It's the time. It's almost 22 minutes. <laughs> you like how I spun that one on you, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you did. I was trying to say you have some people to think a coffee shop. Uh, but all right, so this review is left from us from Violet Sierra. Which, Back. fun oh. fact. Fun fact. I believe, wasn't she the one that won one of our giveaways? I don't remember. I believe she was. I don't I don't have that good of a memory. You you do the shipping. You do the shipping and handling Which here. Giveaway was but that? either Anyways, way, you think ahead. about it. But she wrote this review for Apple oh, Podcasts. Oh, this is the hundredth review. Yeah, this is the hundredth review. Oh, well, we're finally reading it. Well, it says, I have never been a fan of podcasts, but my boyfriend showed me this podcast. I don't know why I said boyfriend that way. My um, boyfriend. I said it like B. Simone. Boyfriend showed me this podcast a few months ago. If you know who B. Simone is, like you're I tracking no with me. Yeah. Um, and I've fallen asleep listening to every Every episode, every night since, they answer tough questions in a biblical way and are real and easy to listen to. Thank you both for referencing verses to explain why you believe what you do, which we're going to do a lot tonight. It's encouraging to hear you be able to respectfully have different viewpoints on some topics, which we made tonight too. I would recommend this podcast to anyone. Well, so Violet Sierra, um, so since we already sent you the mega sweat bag, you good girl. Yeah, you, you don't, you got everything. You, you got, good. You got all the things. I'm looking at the imaginary camera. Yeah, again. me too. Me too. You're good. But you know, if you do want us to send you out a mini swag bag, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you need a Bible, we we got a lot more. I, I we, forgot them. I we, have like 18 more at my house. We have a lot more. We're probably down to what, like 35 and, total well, Bibles, 30 so, Bibles? So, but most of the Bibles we have left are actually listener supported. Yes. Listeners have donated and uh, have sponsored Bibles. So when I send them out, I'm going to send them out saying sponsored by this person. Know. So yeah. if you want to if you if you want to help us just buy more Bibles and send out to more people who need them, contact one of us. We'll yep. hook you up with our Venmos and yep. you know, and all we'll, that money we won't, goes, we won't steal the money. All that money goes yeah, we typically we, we won't steal it. What what so Mark did a good so we got some at uh, at one of our well, one of the people we met at Getty gave us some. Um, I won't say their name because they didn't give me permission to say their name, but they gave us some to buy Bibles with, uh, which stinks because I can't, I can't plug them and I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel it. But but, the, but, a, but a listener but, reached out to me. But a listener reached out to you, and you were able to. We actually screenshotted the order that was placed with the money that showed everything. So yeah, that's how that's verification for you. 
If you would like yep, to do she that, Venmo me the money, and then I said, "Hey, here's yep. the receipt from Amazon." Exactly. Here and you we go. We were going. So Ta- if you want to write off, if you, <laughs> we're, we're not a not for profit. <laughs> no, not. Um, but if if you want, to, I'm looking at the imaginary camera again. Yep. If you want to sponsor Bibles to people, just seriously send us a message on Instagram, either at the RTC account at our personal account, so whatever you got to do, freaking carrier pigeon. Yep. Let us know so we can get more Bibles into more people's hands who need them because we get asked. It seemed like a lot. How how often do we send Bibles out? Uh, at least really, once a week. Have we missed a week? Uh, this is besides the, like vacation this, mode. This is the first week we have. No, we did have a request. We just you forgot. To we've put had it in. two requests this week. Actually. So we've had two. No, since we started doing the Bible giveaway, we have. I don't think we've had a week where we did not have at least one request. Now we may not have shipped it out that week. It may have been two but weeks, requests. So but a so, request. So so I've had two requests this week. Yeah. So we have not missed a, since we started the Bible giveaway. We have not missed a week, of which requests. is awesome. So if you want to hit hit, hit if you want to hit us up. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Real Talkers Podcast at gmail.com, the website, realtalkerspodcast.com, which I made the website even easier for you to search, by the way, updated the header and the menu and all that kind of fun stuff for you to find the podcast sure. episodes that will reach you the best in the area of life that you need. Exactly. So, so we updated the website a little bit too. Yeah, it's awesome. So until next time, take it easy. Oh, so wait. today's conversation <laughs> is one that Dang it. you like how I tried I, to get that was fantastic, and um, I'm the one that wrote this one. Yes, you are. You want out of it. So today's conversation though is one that we have had on our list since we before we started. It was the one podcast. Of the, yeah, it was one of the original lists. But both you and I were always like, we're two bros, and we should not be talking about women in leadership because. We don't, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, generally the, the thing is, is the patriarchy is trying to shove down this, that, and the other, and just right. trying to silence women and all that kind of stuff. And we're not here to do that, No. but we've had a lot of people ask us this question yes. and with, you've already said with the denomination that we're in, this has been a hot topic. So issue. hot that they actually said during the convention, do not bring this up again because we are not dealing with this topic at this convention because we already have things we have to deal with. This right. could be next year's, right. but you have to stop bringing this up. Because it continued to get brought up. And it was becoming because, fiery. And, 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 and it wasn't the SBC saying, right. we're not going to talk about it. No, it's saying they have a committee yep. that is tasked with a a certain task right now. Yep. Which, if you don't know, this, reach the, out to the us. Abuse, which, side note, um, I just read an article that the Department of Justice is getting involved with it now. <laughs> With Good. the abuse scandal of they the SBC. So I thought they're like, we already are dealing with other crap. We already talked. One thing at a time. We already talked about all yep. this, but they need to. Anyways, so where did this question came from? It came from several, several listeners uh, requesting it. Yep. It came from our original list where we were thinking about what are some hot topic issues back three years ago. Yep. And then recently, there was a news article from Christianity Today, yep. and the headline ran uh, read, Saddleback Female Pastors debate rising bigger questions i'm sorry raises bigger questions for the sbc again we're part of the sbc so it's very pertinent to us uh later in that article they said uh but the discussion around saddleback raised questions that extended beyond the california megachurch and beyond the annual meeting what is a pastor and what makes a church southern baptist uh and i think it's good we're talking about this because we just talked about the age of leadership a little bit ago yes so it kind of segues into that a little bit so for those of you who do not know what the heck we're talking about when we say Saddleback Church? Saddleback Church is Rick Warren's church. He was the Purpose lead pastor. Purpose driven life, baby. How long was he? Was twenty something no, years? No, longer, longer than, than that. that. Longer than that. I can't remember. It wasn't his only church. Yeah, no, but I'm but talking he about planted I'm ta- it. I'm talking about Saddleback specifically. Oh no, he started. He planted that church. Yeah, you know what? I remember that he was 
pastor in that church. We started that church back when I was a kid. So that's why I was like, oh, 20 ish. Fun fact Did you know like that. that the purpose driven church was actually his doctoral thesis? I did not know that. And then out of that came purpose driven life and youth yeah, ministry so, and all kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, um, there was a couple. He's retiring at 69, I believe he is. Him and his wife are retiring and stepping out of the pastoral. He's stepping out of the pastoral role. And 40 uh, years. 40. Okay. Wow. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. It's longer than you and I've been alive. It sure is. Anyways, uh, so uh, he appointed a, oh, 42, um, actually. 42. a couple to be the lead pastors, uh, a, a man and his wife to be the lead pastors, plural, mm-hmm. not pastor and a pastor's wife, but pastors. And... Um, and then uh, I think he had a couple other women in leadership. But anyways, that's what and, and, that's and, where this whole... Well, it didn't just start with the pastors. It actually started two years ago, or a year ago, when they ordained two women to that's, be pastors That's in the what I'm talking about. And one was... I, I, I can't think of her last name to save my life, but she was the junior high... Now, junior high pastor, Katie, one of the best junior high pastors I've ever seen. I've gotten a lot of good stuff from her. And I don't remember the other lady who was ordained, but they were ordained in a service as pastors at Saddleback, and then that went. and But then, like, sure. the dust kind of settled, but then all of a sudden, with yes, with the lead pastors of the church, sure. the husband-wife right. duo. Well, it was even all before of a that. Sudden, so it was like. Um, there's been people in the that belong to our convention, the Southern Baptist Convention, that have called for disfellowship over this. So, again, it's a hot topic issue with the SBC right now. And there's a lot of people outside of the SBC that are following this to see, okay, what's going to happen here? It's kind of like a a show, like a drama series or something. I don't know. So the scripture... It's like Survivor Paradise. (laughs) The scripture that most people refer to, okay? Okay. So we're going to do our best to break down the scriptures. And I have a lot of articles to read because I didn't want it to be coming just strictly from two dudes in a basement. (laughs) Um, Which is... Which is true. It's, it's straight Which up true. Which is true. Uh, but this isn't our only location. We've been in a lot of other ones. But uh, So 1 Timothy 2, 8 through 14 says, Therefore, I want the men and every... And I wanted to do all these verses to have a context because I didn't want to just read the one verse that everybody just goes, Oh, this is what it is, and then they move on. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I want... Uh, the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Also, the women are to dress themselves in modest clothing with decency and good sense, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold pearls, and expensive apparel, but with good works as is prosper, prosper, or proper. <laughs> okay, prosper, yeah, it's a prosper for a woman. No, it's proper for a woman who professes to worship God. A woman is to learn quietly with full submission. I do not allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was uh, formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed. But she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with good sense. So obviously, uh, verses 11 and 12 um, are the main heavy hitters that people always refer to. Right. And I have not given my opinion on this yet. No, nope. <laughs> I'm just reading and giving information. So before we get too far into it, uh, I know we started going through this in some of our podcasts. I want to go ahead and just do a quick recap here. So what are qualifications of overseer, elder, and Right, because I think deacon? that's a good place to start of what even makes right. the qualifications for all of this. So we're going to yep. read we're gonna read two scriptures, and then I want to go through the Greek real fast. Yep, I'm glad so, you did. So that we have a, a, a better idea and a better understanding. Because we want to know what about. the Apostle Paul was saying in the 
culture and context in which you row and not Correct. just ice, which we call eisegesis is take apart what we want. Right. We want to see, no, no, no. What was the exegesis? Can, what is he actually communicating right. here? Yeah. So we're going to go. Uh, so we just read first uh, Timothy two, eight. If you flip over one chapter to first Timothy three, one through 13, again, these are some longer bits of passage, but I wanted to make sure they're in context. Um, and this one actually gives the qualifications for, um, for overseer and uh, deacons. Uh, so we're going to read that, but the, we're going to split them all apart too, because they are different. Hang on a second. I got a coffee burp. Thank you. Anyways, first <laughs> Timothy three, what? one through 13, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he desires a noble work. An overseer therefore must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy. He must manage his own household uh, competently and have his children under control with all dignity. If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a new convert, or he might be conceited and incur the same condemnation as the devil. Furthermore, he must have a good re reputation among outsiders so that he is not or he does not fall into disgrace and the devil's trap. Deacons, likewise, should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They must also be tested first. If they prove blameless, then they can serve as deacons. Wives, likewise, should be worthy of respect, not slanderers, self-controlled, faithful in everything deacons are to be husbands of one wife managing their children and their own household competently for those who have served well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is in christ jesus now i'm going to pause myself here you're going to pause yourself I'm going to pause okay. myself this okay. is not in the notes but i have a nice book over there that my father-in-law got me called biblical doctrine by john MacArthur. where's that Right, the big white book down very bottom shelf, middle shelves, three from the left. Oh, got you. The big white one. Phenomenal book, okay? Oh, right there, right yeah. there. The big one. Um, and he breaks down this passage in such a way that he, he breaks it down. He goes, well, there's two ways to look at this specific passage. Um, most people that want to see it a certain way go, uh, hey, well, this is saying that uh, deacons are these things. And they're wise. And even some of the translations, like the KJV says, their wives, likewise, should be worthy of respect. But he says that that's nowhere in the Greek. There is not in the Greek. So it actually makes a split between deacons, and then it says wives, and then deacons again. Right? So it says deacons are to be a husband of one wife. We see that. And immediately people go, okay, so deacons got to be men. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. That So I'm just going to pause right there. I just want to throw that little thought in there. We're going to come back to that. So just to make sure we don't get lost in thought, basically sure. what you're saying is that some people say that in this passage, it's talking about, you know, deacons and deaconesses, and then yes. some people make a very clear distinction. Yes. Between, no, there's a deacon and, and then and the gonna, wife of a deacon. Right. And I wanna, I'm going to remind me to circle back around okay. to finish John MacArthur's thought on this. Okay, because I disagree with him, but keep going. <laughs> you're not i guarantee you probably okay won't, but we'll okay. see 
We'll so, see. That's all right, because I, I don't I disagree strongly with Ed T. Wright, and you throw him out all the time. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, so let's keep going. Right. Let's keep going. So Titus 1, 6 through 9 says, An elder must be blameless, the husband of one wife, wife with faithful children who are not accused of wildness and rebellion. As an overseer of God's household, he must be blameless, not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, not greedy for money, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, holy, self-controlled, holding to the faithful message as taught, so that he is, he will be able to encourage with sound teaching and refute those who contradict it. So, let's dive into some of the Greek here, okay? Okay. So elder, said, uh, the Greek word for el- elder is presbyteros. It's yeah, which is the word we get Presbyterian right. from. Yep, so Presbyterian. It's, uh, it's used 66 times, and, and the definition of it is properly a mature man having seasoned judgment or experience, an elder. The New Testament spe- specifies elders are men. The feminine singular presbytera never occurs in the Bible. So presbyteros not presbytera. Right, and if people, so if people have taken you know Spanish or French or speak those languages, yeah, they would understand right. the male-female Ex- Exactly, so yeah. it's, it's masculine. So it never occurs in the Bible. Uh, the feminine plural presbyteras occurs in 1 Timothy 5.2. It refers to aged women, not women with official church office or title. Okay. So this is more talking, This that was the scripture where the older women will teach the Younger, younger women. women. But so. but Paul uses both of those words here in First Timothy then. Yeah, so he uses okay. he uses it in First Timothy five. He uses presbyter us, yeah, plural version, and refers to women teaching women. Gotcha. And, but that's specifically regarding the word elder, right? But Where that, we get our word is, elder, right? This is elder, right? So so you know, we talked about it a little bit before of um you know, we see elder as in the role of elder means something, mm-hmm. but elder in the feminine plural version is also used in the same letter, right? Right. But in a different context, and it's clearly defined. And it's, it's I mean, it's the fact of it's referring to an old seasoned person. Like we talked about in sure. the, the, the age of leadership. Yes. Literally a gray beard. Right. My homeboy's got right. a gray exactly. beard. So it's the fact of he used both the term of elder and then, for lack of a better word, bro elder and lady elder. Right. But he used bro elder in context of a official position of the church. Correct. Whereas he used lady elder as just, no, no. Older teach, teaching, teaching younger. the younger. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. All right. I'm so tracking, I'm tracking the next one is overseer yep. Episcopos. It's used five times. A superintendent, an overseer used as an official title in civil life, mm-hmm. overseer, supervisor, ruler, especially used with reference to the supervising function exercised by an elder or a presbyter of a church or congregation. Episcopos has been regarded traditionally as a position of authority in reality, the focus is upon the responsibility for caring for others. So that's what overseer, episcopos. So we have presbyteros, episcopos. Now we're going to get into the last one. Yeah, I think of overseer as, you know, th- that reminds me of a someone who looks out for the betterment of those in his steed. So I think like, very much yeah. of what we call today a pastor or a shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. The under shepherd of one who really cares for other. That's you know, the responsibility. The first thing that caring. popped in my head is, uh, you know, Robin Hood with. Uh, uh, oh my goodness! Why can I not think of his name? Uh, with Russell Crowe and how he showed up and yes. like um, Lady, 
wow, why am I forgetting the Robin Hood and um, <sighs> Maid Miriam? Maid Mary. Like, yeah. like she was she was overseeing the 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 family because her, right. her father was sick and all these different things, and she sure. was making sure everyone in the land was there, and the lords of the land were the right. overseers of the land to Correct. take care of the you know the the. The, the manors, I guess, yeah, the Lord of the Manors would take care of everyone in the manor. That's, that's sure. what my thought went with overseer. Yeah. So let's dive into deacon, right? Okay. So the Greek word is deaconos, and it's used 30 times, properly from, uh, probably from an obsolete uh, deco to run errands. Uh, gopher boy. Yeah, a gopher boy. An attendant, a waiter at a table or in another menial duty. Uh, especially a Christian teacher, pastor, technically a deacon or deaconess, deacon, minister, servant, um, and deaconess. So if we go to the Thayer's Greek lexicon, is one who executes the commands of another, especially of a master, a servant, attendant, or minister, the servant of a king, a deacon, one rule or one who, by virtue of the office assigned to him by the church, cares for the poor and has charge and distributes the money collected for their use, or a waiter, one who serves food or drink. So technically, a deacon serves the master. So if we put this into this context with a deacon and an elder, the deacon's job is to help serve the church and serve the elders, and the church would taking care of the people in the church. Right. Right, which that's where we saw, you know, the deacons in Acts... X six. six and and Stephen, they said, call out, the, call out deacons among you because the Gentile, you know the Gentile widows and orphans weren't being fed. So when we dive into deacons more here yeah. in a little bit, because I, I want to break it down just a little bit uh, later on, uh, we'll dive into that scripture. I have that scripture. On oh, here. sweet. Okay. Six, one through seven. Um, so we've read the scriptures, right? That, that uh, we see the qualifications. Uh, we've gone through the Greek. Let's dive into the conversation now. Okay. This is where it gets fun. Um, so the first question is, can women be elder slash overseer? Because they're very interchangeable, even though right. they're separate I'd words. Are, they're, they're the same qualifications. The elder of the, like the elder elders overseer, of the church. Uh, yes. The uh, protector of the doctrine of the church. And the yes. Church. So uh, can, they, can women be elder overseer in the church? And there's two different views. One is the egalitarian, which means, you know, it doesn't like we... Anyone can have it based on their gifting, not their gender, which sure. I know our friends over there, the Mennonite churches believe that. And then other churches as well that can do these roles or there's complementarian. That's, that's the view where it's like men and women are created equal, but there's differences. Like those are, those are kind of the main two view, viewpoints. Sure. So, but what do we do with the verses? Yes. Which one's right? So uh, I'll let you go first. If you, if you want to, okay. I, because I, I just, I've got a one sentence thing for me and then I've got three other people's. Okay. So, so, so when, when, when you look in scripture and, and even in my view, when I'm reading through scripture, the, the answer is sadly, you know, what people hate to hear is, is no, is the elders of the church are, are men put into those positions and people could be like, well, why just men and why this? And wasn't that just culture? And it's like, no, because the apostle Paul wrote a letter to Timothy at Ephesus. And then he wrote a letter to Titus in Crete. And it would be like, okay, no, like, like in today's culture, it would be the same as, you know, the Apostle Paul sending a letter to New York. Right. And then another one to Bodunk, Alabama. <laughs> completely different context, completely right. different cultures, social right. structures, everything. And he says the exact same thing is the right. role of the elder is for men. Right. And not just men. And that's the other thing, too. Well, it's not just any man. It's seasoned men who have, you know, kept the faith, who understand the faith, who know the faith. And who, who was it? I, I can't remember. I think it was Titus. I think it was Titus. Maybe it was Timothy. One of the two of those, I'm going to put it that way, is, 
was uh, at the church in Ephesus. That was Timothy. Okay, thank you. Titus was Crete. So think about Ephesus, right? Where's Ephesus? And the church of Ephesus, right? Yeah. So was it in the Jewish culture? No, it was very Gentile and not even Gentile. It was very affluent and rich and yes. like the library. And it right. was, it was a Greek so culture. When people, high, when people go, well, that, culture. that's a cultural thing. It's like, well, not really. Cause they weren't in the same Jewish culture culture where, right. It wasn't a Jewish thing, right. Where we see like first Corinthians written to, which also wasn't in a Jewish culture, but they had uh Hellenistic Jews, uh, there. Right. And that's, and so. that's why I bring up the culture. It's not, so it's not Jewish culture, but it's also right. when people talk about the fact of like, no, that was just Paul writing to culture and today's culture is very different. Right. Paul wrote a letter to Timothy, a letter to Titus who both were in very different cultures. And he said the same thing. Right. And it's the fact that the office of an elder is for men. Now I do want to say this. I think the role of an elder in the early church is very different than the role of the elder here. Cause in the old Testament church, what was the role of the elder? It was to protect the 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 doctrine of the church and to protect the church and to look out and oversee and, and care for the church. Whereas it seems like a lot of times in today's culture it's a it and back then it was a servant of it was a position of servitude. Whereas now it's almost a position of power, you know, of control. So I I you know? I agree with your definition, but I think that for me, that's the way I see elders today, right? They control the direction and the doctrine of the church. Right. That, and that's the same as but, what it was back then. But I then. would say a lot of churches today, and this is where we get a little bit different, and this is where I was very thankful Southside was a little different, where when we set our mission and vision for sure. the church, when we do all these other different things, it's not just a bunch of men sitting on the table. We invite different like different shareholders and stockholders, basically saying other people who have a say in this. Sure. So like if we were to make a decision regarding the children's ministry, you better believe children's ministry was involved in that conversation, sure, sure. which often resulted in Laura but, or, but, or Nicole Hobbold or another woman stepping into the other board meeting to have those conversations. To have the conversation, but the, but the elders authority yes. was given by the elders, which were? Man, and, and, you know, and why is it that way? Though? And the reason was, is it's found in creation where the fact of, you know, the man is the head of the house now. So, I mean, first Timothy two talked about that, right? Right. Adam was formed first. This is what Paul says. This is not what Mark or Chris are saying. It says, this is where they talk about don't allow a woman to teach or have authority over man. Right. This is that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So right after he says that, that passage, yeah, right after he says that, well, so do I, uh-huh. but he says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. So here's the thing, right? Think about creation. Who was deceived? Eve. Was Does it say anywhere in Scripture that Adam was deceived? No, but... Why? It said Adam rightfully... Because this is the, this is the difference. Is Eve was deceived. I, I heard... I'm trying to think of how I heard it. I heard it in a very fascinating way recently. Well, was, let me tell you my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you right? say it. You say it while I'm All working right, out my so words. So from the things I've studied, from what I see in Scripture... Adam or Eve was deceived. Adam, Adam chose. Thank you. There's the word. I'm like, I'm like, I can't think of the word, but Adam chose and to. That's sin. why it says through one man, sin, sin entered, entered the, the world. world because he chose direct disobedience. He was not deceived. Eve was deceived. So she chose it, but out of deception, she chose it. Man knew the truth. And chose and it, up. which is why he's held responsible and death and sin and sin entered his world, which results in death through the man because of his direct choice of disobedience. And that's why in Jesus, Jesus is the second Adam. Exactly. Which because in Romans. Yeah, because he, yeah, exactly. So he's the, the second Adam that conquers sin mm-hmm. through what? Choice. 
direct obedience to God's will. That's why he said in the garden, not my will, but, but your yours will be, be done. done, right? So he's directly choosing to follow the will of God. Mm-hmm. And that is why it says, for Adam was formed first, right? So he's the one that wasn't deceived. Eve was deceived, uh, but the woman was deceived and transgressed, but she will be saved through childbearing. Where does it say that Adam's going to be saved through anything like that? No, it says his curse is to work by the sweat of his brow and that he was going to have to work anyways, right? Because we see him in Genesis 2 that God created him to work the garden and care for the creation, right? Mm-hmm. So he was, I mean, we were always destined to work. That's what we were made for. But it was going to be hard work now, right? The thorns and the thistles. This was part, he cursed the earth is what is what Genesis 2 says. Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole different, yeah, it's just, sorry, I kind of no, no, derailed no, it a little bit. No, but, no, no, but, but I would agree where it says that the, the role of the elder is set aside for man. So when I look at 1 Timothy 2, I see a corporate gathering. Okay. I see a corporate gathering of believers because I see every man playing in his praise, lifting up holy hands without our anger or argument. And the woman is to dress a certain way, right? The modestly, not in the pearls of fire, which right. you would expect if you were going to a big event, right? In, mm-hmm. in that culture, that's what you would expect. Uh, and even in today's culture, that's kind of what you see. Too. It hasn't really changed much. Um, and so, and then we see that it's a teaching position because the woman is to learn quietly in full submission, right? And that's not submission. It's submission to her husband who is head over her. And again, we'll get into that because it's not an authority. It, it is an authority thing, but it's not a uh, misogynistic there authority. You go. Right. It's not a it's doormat. A, it's a, God has given a role to men and a but role to women. But this is where it women. gets interesting. And maybe you have this farther down in the notes, but when it talks about, you know, uh, where is it? I will not allow women to teach or to have authority over a man says she's remain quiet. But then in other passages, it says when a woman stands to prophesy, make sure her head is covered. Right. And then you also see, you know, other passages where it refers to women well, actively in the church. So it's like, well, sure. how do we handle the fact where it says, oh, she must remain quiet here. But then that's why I it's say it's also prophesy or pray and that's during the church service, which is a well, part of the corporate church service. So she can't just it, sit down and be quiet. Was it the part of the corporate, right? That's where it gets, or was it the gathering, right? There's a difference. There's a corporate look at Paul. Where did he go first in a corporate gathering? I think you're reading too much into it with that though. I don't think so. Cause it doesn't say anything about a corporate gathering. Well, go back and look further into it. Go back and look, uh, go back to the first Timothy two uh, verse one. Yeah. But it's it just when you gather, but at the same time, any gathering is the gathering of the saints in the church. It wasn't like they had the official, the gathering on Sunday morning. And then all the other mini gatherings that are at the, rest well, of the week. No, well, listen, okay. It's a, it's what do we call it all the time? Right. It's doing what are we doing? What do we call our tribe? We're doing what together? Life. Oh, we're living life together. Right. Well, that's more than just one day, isn't it? Yeah. No, 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 but I one agree. Day, but, but one day they corporately gathered, right? This yeah. is where the apostles taught. On Sunday right? and the Lord's Day. Right? This is where the teachings happen, right? Outside of the living life, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we believe, right? Let's see. Here. Right, but but I don't think this is referring just to the, the one worship service. I mean, because it talks about, therefore, I want men in every place to play, every place to pray, lifting up whole hands, and also the women are to dress themselves in mild clothing. So this is just in every place to pray. So I don't think it's talking about a corporate worship service. I think it's talking about a very specific thing. And it could be the fact of, is the Apostle Paul, now there's not strong evidence for this right now, but is this the Apostle Paul referring to a very specific religion that was happening during that culture time? Um, there's a lot more, there's reports, on, I don't have a lot in front of me right now, of about a different religion where it was all basically, for lack of a better word, a feminist 
God, it, it was a feminist goddess movement where the women did everything in the teaching and the controlling and the, and the, and the, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other, and the control of doctrine and the protection of doctrine, all these different sure. things. And so was this just a active, like we, like, like, we're not like that. Like, this is how we're supposed to do. And so when we, when we do worship, it says she's to remain quiet. And then later it says, you know, in first Corinthians where later she should go ask her husband. First is Corinthians it, 14. Yeah. With, with head coverings. And so was that passage specifically talking about no woman can't do anything in the church. She just needs to sit down and shut up and listen. Or is it the fact of, was he referring to a very specific thing in that context and culture with the worship service? All right. Well, let me let me you give know? you what three other people's opinions are of this. Okay. Okay. That way it's not just Fuller and Mark. Okay. So Matt Perman, uh, he's a guy that writes for Desire and God. All three of these actually come from Desire and God, but they're three different people. Uh, it says, according to the New Testament, elders are responsible for the primary leadership and oversight of the church. The function and the role of the elders is well summarized by Alexander Stouch in his book, Biblical Eldership. It says, elders lead the church. First Timothy 5.17 Titus 1, 7, 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2. Teach and preach the word, 1 Timothy 3, 2, 2 Timothy 4, 2, Titus 1, 9. Protect the church from false teachers, Acts 20, 17 and Acts, or, and Acts 20, 28 through 31. Exhort and admonish the saints in sound doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 13, 2 Timothy 3, 13 through 17, Titus 1, 9. Visit the sick and pray, James 5, 14 and Acts 6, 4. And judge doctrinal issues, Acts 15, 6. In biblical terminology, elders, shepherds, oversee, lead, and care for the local church. Uh, John Piper says this, the Bible draws a connection between the home and the church, just as there is a role distinction at home where the husband is called to lead the family, there is also one at church. At home, men are proving their fitness to be elders or pastors, and at the church, they are the ones who are given that role. Paul says explicitly, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man, 1 Timothy 2.12. And those two functions, teaching and exercising authority, are the functions of an elder. And then uh, Mary A. Casian said in Desire God, and this article was super phenomenal, uh, but I only took a little snippet. A little snippet. Because you just, I'm going to have it in the show notes. Go check it out because it's really good. Uh, God wants us to honor his divine, because she breaks it down to like, exactly what you're talking about. When is it okay for women to teach, preach, you know, that kind of stuff. And when is it not? And she has this whole matrix that she judges it off of. Wow. Okay. It's really, really cool. Um, but she says, God wants us to honor his divine design by honoring the principle of male headship in our homes and church families. The church is God's family and household. First Timothy three fifteen, Hebrews three, six and Galatians six ten. The quote family end quote part is key. The Bible teaches that in the nuclear family unit, as well as in our corporate church families, the father or multiple fathers in the case of the church have the responsibility to lovingly lead and humbly govern the family unit. This pattern is repeated on several or multiple levels. A husband is the head of his home. Elders are the head of their local churches. Christ is the head of the universal church and God the father is the head of of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 3, 1 Timothy 3, 4 through 5, Hebrews 3. God wants us to value and honor this pattern and cherish it as he does. So the way she lays it out, and if you click the little linky link here, so I'll show you the matrix. I know people can't see it because, but I really highly encourage everybody to go. Uh, let's see. Maybe it was up here. 
Yeah, so this is some of the matrix. She tries to pin it down to uh, eight continuums. No, that's interesting. There's another theologian by the name of Jen Wilkins. Right. Um, she's out of, uh, wow, I'm, I'm really th- struggling. Uh, the Village Church with Matt Chandler. She's down there. She's the resident. She's actually a resident theologian down there. And so, right. they spent like, I think it was like four years, three years of studying all this stuff to create an actual, like, here's the view of the Village Church. And so right. she has a lot of amazing content with this topic as well. But I think something that we're skating past and you don't have in your notes right here is, is a pastor different than an elder? Because, you know, if we say right here with the fact of like, you know, the we, we looked at the word elder and we looked sure. at the word overseer and we're like, sure. okay, so men can be, men, if if we look at this passage and you and I both agree, I know you still have more more thoughts and notes sure. with it, is the fact of, I would say, you know, the role of the, the role of the elder is for men only. However, people would argue and they would agree and say, yeah, we agree with that statement only. So our, we only have elders in the church, but a woman can serve as a pastor. As well, she just doesn't sit on, she's just not an elder, but she is a pastor in the church because she pastors people or women or children or sure, whoever. Sure. So I think this is where a lot of the big conversation happens specifically on our side because there are different sides of the equation where people say, no, women can be elders and, and, well, yeah. and pastors so we, and the lead pastor again, and all that. We see that there's a pastoral role in First Timothy 5 2, right? Mm-hmm. The aged w- women teaching the younger women, right? There's a teaching ro- responsibility there. We see the responsibility of mothers teaching their children throughout the Old Testament, right? And so there is a what we call pastor, right? The, we we bring it from one scripture in the New Testament throughout the whole Bible. You and I were talking about this before the podcast, and it's in Ephesians four eleven. Uh, you, you know, you want to pull that up? Or are you? Well, I was, I was uh, pulling up my notes from the other conversation about the age because there's other times it uses the word pastor in Acts, but it's as a verb. It's not as a noun. Yeah, so, uh, you know? well, so the the Greek, though, f- that we derive pastor from is only found in Ephesians 4.11. Now, other translations may try to translate something else, but the actual Greek that means pastor or shepherd is only found in Ephesians 4.11, which I'll read here. It says, so Christ gave, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. And so that pastors there is uh, is the only time, and it's actually better translated as shepherd. So when we're talking about pat, what we translate there, ESV did it one time, Ephesians 4, 11. Oh, here we go. Yeah, in, in my notes I say pastor is only translated three times in the New Testament, but one of those times being a verb in Acts 20. Right, so so with that word pastor, would you say, could, could and this is where I think the real conversation comes specifically more on I'll just say our side of the fence because you and I right. both are what we would we we would both be called complementarians, where men and diff, men and women are equal in equal in value, equal in dignity, equal in worth. However, there's different roles. Men, that and, men and women, women are both made in the image of God. Yes, therefore are equal. Yes, yet we have been placed in two different roles. Two different roles, and there's two different requirements. Right in that, this in the same way where like you have a boss. It doesn't make your boss a better person or more like, you know, or whatnot than you. It's just the fact of you have to submit to your boss because he's your boss. But here's the problem that people you know? struggle with, right? And this is where sin and, and the world gets in. What is the what is the role of leader? What is it? What is it supposed to be? Who was the greatest leader? Jesus. And how did he come? He came lowly. Oh, like, a, like, like he humbled himself like as a, a servant. servant. Oh, so leaders are actually supposed to be servants first, right? So Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says, Jesus called them over. He's talking to his disciples when they're arguing, who's going to be the greatest among us? 
And he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions act as tyrants over them. It must not be like this among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must first become a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave, or you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for the ransom of many. So when we talk about headship and, and we have people going, well, that's not fair. That's not right. And I've heard these things, right? Women go, that's not right. That they, they, the Lord, it's the patriarchy. That, and, yeah. That and, God has yeah. put man as, in, in that role of headship. And it goes, well, do you know that we're supposed to serve you? Like that's, that's the, that role is, this is all servitude, right? That's every elder, Every overseer, it's a it's an act of service that they're doing, right? They're making sure you're not deceived by giving you sound doctrine. They're making sure that you aren't getting led astray by what Paul would call and Peter would call many antichrists already among us, right? Being mm-hmm. led astray from to and fro, saying he's here, no, he's here. But instead, being on the, the path that Christ has already set for us. And in that, it's a servitude, right? It's not a lording over. And that's where the the bad connotation of elder overseer or what we deem as because we say pastors right but in the context where most people if you say pastor what are they thinking of they're thinking of somebody in authority right authority in the church right that's what they're thinking of whereas the new testament when they say pastors it's talking about a shepherd somebody who's caring for people so there's there's a distinction in the difference of culture from the way we interpret our word the exegesis Eisegesis, I'm sorry, the eisegesis of it, the way we take it, and that what it actually means, the exegesis of it. And I know that's what Al Mohler had to say when when the Saddleback thing came out, because he was talking about the fact of it's just confusing about do we have these people be pastors and what really makes a pastor, and do we confuse our church people? And, you know, I've been wrestling with that question a lot over the last, I would say, two years, where the fact of, you know, what roles... Okay, so so, uh, let's, let's back this up a little bit. So if we say, though, that the role of elder is for men does that include other roles in the church and can women serve in any other facet and what what then deems an elder an elder versus something say as like no they care for these people or they minister to these people or they lead these people so, so then you know uh, so we're going to get into that word here okay uh in just a second <sighs> That's right. That's where I think the conversation gets dicey, though, because like I would say, like we are separating ourselves right now from a lot of different people sure. in the world, including various Methodists sure. and and that's why I'm saying Mennonite. Hold on, hold okay. on. Just, just hang with me a little bit longer. Okay, keep going. So let me read through these two last little quotes real fast, and then we'll dive into that. Okay. okay. Does that? Okay. Does that? I'll buckle up. Does that satisfy you? I'll buckle up. So we're yep. gonna read the Baptist. We're Baptist, so we're gonna read the Baptist. Baptist, Baptist. faith and message from 2000 says it this way, right? The husband and wife are of equal worth before God. And this is all derived from scripture. And if I, I put the the, sh- the link in the show notes and it gives every scripture with this, but I wasn't going to list it out. Which is wild because then you would never be able to finish your sentence. Right. So the husband and wife are equal worth before God since both are created in God's image. The marriage relationship models the way God relates to his people. A husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And that's a tall order, right? Mm-hmm. An order of what? Servitude because he came to die for us. Uh he has the God-given responsibility, God-given to provide, to protect, and to lead his family. That's also a tall order, right? That's That means if you make a bad decision, guess who's being held responsible for it? You. You're truly. Um, 
A wife is to submit herself graciously to be the, to be the servant leadership of her husband, even as the, as the church willingly submits to the headship of Christ, which is exactly what Paul puts out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, right. She being in the image of God, as is her husband, and thus equal to him, has the God-given responsibility to respect her husband and to serve him as a helper in managing the household and nurturing the next generation. So nurturing the next generation, we all know that to mean teaching, right? We're teaching, teaching, yeah. teaching and caring for mm-hmm. him. So got questions. Yeah, got questions. Put it this way. Many women excel in in uh, gifts of hospitality, hospita- I'm sorry, hospitality, hospitality, mercy, teaching, evangelisms, and helping and serving. Much of the ministry of the local church depends on women. Women in the church are not restricted from publicly public praying or prophesying, 1 Corinthians 11.5, only from having spiritual teaching authority over a man. The Bible nowhere restricts women from exercising the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12. Women, just as much as men, are called to minister to others to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and to proclaim the gospel to the lost, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Acts 1, through, uh, 1 8, and 1 Peter 3, 15. God has ordained that only men are to serve in the positions of spiritual teaching authority in the church. This is not because men are necessarily better teachers or because women are inferior or less intelligent, which is not the case. It is simply the way God designed the church to function. Men are to set the example in spiritual leadership in their lives and through their words. Women are to take less authoritative roles. Uh, Women are to are encouraged to teach other women, Titus 2, 3 through 5. The Bible also does not restrict women from teaching children. The only activity women are restricted from is teaching or having spiritual authority over a man. This precludes women from serving as pastors to men. This does not make a woman less important by any means, but rather gives them a ministry focused more in agreement with God's plan and his gifting of them. So that kind of answer your, what you were talking about? It, a little it bit? does. And I actually went and found the the PDF that I was thinking of that Jen Wilkins, you know, helped write with the Village Church. There's like the long, like 80 page version, and sure. then there's like a three page PDF. So I included that in the link, so that will update there for later for people to read through the show notes. And what I thought was fascinating though is coming out of that, people then asked the question of, okay, so what can women do in church? Uh, you know, and so in in I know we don't have a whole lot of time to go into this right now, but this article lays out a really good case for biblical complementarianism and you know it even breaks down where how does this ministry work out in the village church when it comes to the gathering of the saints the teaching environments that are not just from the platform um groups within church and and these that and the other and the biggest thing for me that i have found in my studies is the fact of you know the the only role that is gender specific in the entire church is the role of the elder. Like I actually believe that there can be deaconesses role, ro, 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 the elder and overseer. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm combining yeah, the two. Right, I'm combining right. two. So, so the elder and overseer. So sure. then the question becomes then, okay, so what can women do when it comes to, to teaching and preaching the word on a Sunday? And some sure. people will say, well, you know, like growing up in Baptist, like women, specifically women missionaries who would come and they would, they would teach and do different things about the ministry they would come, they would give their little talk, but then the pastor, just to make sure he had to preach the word, he would preach after them. I'm like, that seems like a load of crap. But, you know, when it comes from actually teaching on a Sunday morning, when it comes to doctrine and theology and practice and all these different things, is that a place where, okay, are we teaching theology 
and all these different doctrinal practices. So if that's what the case is, should only the elder do that? Is there ever a time where during a Sunday morning worship service where a woman could teach from the stage about certain different things and contexts? Like, uh, for, for example, like youth Sunday or, or whatever, if, if the woman is the, is the woman, if she's, if she's a woman and she's the student director and the teens have the service and then she just gives a challenge like, Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying to teach. Here's what we're all about in the student ministry. We want you to pray and partner with that. And then that's the whole service. How does that then, then play into it? And then with women who have the gift of teaching, like Jen Wilkins, who's the theologian in residence at the village or, um, Christina Kane, who has, you know, a gift of teaching or Beth Moore, who has a gift of teaching. Are we then suppressing them and saying, you can only teach from a stage if there's only women at the conference. And then at what point is that different than teaching on a Sunday morning about different things? And then that's where my brain goes, but what's the Bible say? Because your brain's going somewhere, but what scripture says? Right. So scripture says the simple fact of the elder is reserved for the role of men. And why? Why is it that way? To protect the doctrine and teaching of the church. It's the way God designed it. Right. It's a role. Right. There's a role there. It's not any more important or any less important than the other roles. Right. And so the village church, and I want to read their statement because I think it's really fascinating how they do this, if that's okay with you. We're talking about how does this going to work in the ministry of the village church specifically? This is just their stuff. It says, with the gathering, every member of the church body actively participates in our weekend worship services, not just those who are on the platform. Every role, which I think is cool, where it's not just this is like the big shot and then everyone else just sits there. Um, Every role is open to both men and women except the roles of preaching the word of God and officiating the ordinances, which is baptism and Lord's Supper. Every member is invited to baptize and distribute the elements of communion. So if if, um, someone go up and baptize, they would let a girl baptize, a woman baptize another woman. But it's the fact of they're officiating. Like, this is what's happening in their, sure. their oversight sure. of it. Or, like, you know, handing out the elements. Like, at our church, only men hand out the elements. And the village is like, nah, bro. Like, it right. could be either one. Um, and so every member is invited to baptize and distribute the elements of communion. But the roles of preaching and officiating the ordinances are reserved for the elders, pastors, slash qualified men. And so, and that's where I kind of lean into it. And I've even had this thought then. And um, I don't know if this is the right, this probably is not the right time to have this conversation, but I want to ask this question and then walk away from it is the fact of when someone fills the pulpit for Pastor Scott or any other pastor at a local church and they are not an ordained elder, should they even be on that platform in the first Mm. place? So it goes back to what I said, I believe, right? Because you're asking my opinion and what I see from the scriptures. And it goes back to that role. So like me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not qualified for that role as far as from the pulpit. Why? Because because you haven't I'm, been you I'm haven't not, been tested by the church. I haven't been tested by the eldership, right? Now I've been given a responsibility of teaching in in the church, right? Scott has asked me to lead, you teach all over the place to, to lead a Bible study ha, to help with Sunday school to do to teach VBS. So I, I do I have been uh, granted permission, I guess, and I put mm-hmm. in quotes. But I think when you're talking about leading the doctrine or leading the direction of the church, it is specifically for elders only. I'm with you. On, I'm with this doctrinal statement of <laughs> baptizing a woman. By, by, maybe they are the ones that led them to the Lord. Heck yeah, go for it. Like I don't see anywhere in Scripture where you can't do that, right? The ordinances, I don't see anywhere in Scripture where women can't hand that out. Now, it's a preference thing. I don't see anywhere outside outside of what we just read 
that says, I, I see spiritual authority, right? And teaching over, mm-hmm. over men. That's what I see. That's the only thing that it says. That's the only thing that God says, no, this is specifically for the role of elder. Right. And so, but so then in today's culture, in today's context, when you see different titles of like director of student minister or, sure. mini- or student minister, sure. my title was a student minister before I became an ordained elder. I see them more as deacons. Do you? Okay. So, and we're going to get into deacons. Yeah, let's real get into fast. it because we, we're, we're, say I'm going to say, say it. We're an hour and 12 yes, minutes in. <laughs> I rubbed up on you. Yes. All right. So let's just jump into deacons real fast. And then and hopefully people are still tracking with this episode because it's a, it's a, it's a hard conversation to have, if right? People could watch our faces. We're not like we're grinding. We're well, trying to figure this out. I think out our too, voices, you know, I think our voices show that we're trying to be, we're trying to reason and process. We're this trying out. to be careful. Be right, because we don't want to say something that comes across in a way we don't actually mean. Right. So, all right, can women be deacons? Okay, which we call deaconesses. So, right? so in your opinion, before we get to the verses, you would say any other role outside of an elder would be considered a deacon role. I would say so. Yes. Okay. I would say, even as far as a worship pastor, in my opinion, would be considered a deacon role because you're not teaching doctrine and you're not leading the direction of the church. Most of the songs have to be approved by an elder, right? Submitted to the eldership, and mm-hmm. then they approve whether the songs are appropriate or not. Right, yep. So I would see this as more of a deacon or deaconess role. Right, because even when I was the student minister, I was not an elder pastor of the church. Right. And even looking back, I was ordained, in, which I was ordained as a pastor, but I almost think of, with my age, should I just have been ordained in the pastoral role, but you're not an elder yet. So this is where you know? I think that even... Age of leadership. Depending on... If you're under the authority of the eldership as a youth pastor, then I submitted myself to their authority. Oh yeah, with with your doctrine that you're teaching, it has to line up with their doctrine because they are the protectors. Because the they're of the, the protectors, and they have every right to be the protector. You would have been considered, in my opinion, the way I view scripture, as a deacon, hmm. right? As a deacon role. Okay. Now you were part of the eldership because that's the way, right? You were part of the eldership um, only after I was ordained. Yes. So, so right. my first uh, four. Right. Four, first four but years even, on staff. But even if we relook at the qualifications of deacon, there's a testing. They have to be tested by the church, right? Yep. <laughs> so they have to be tested and by the elders. set apart and set aside. Right, yeah. exactly. So, all right, let's dive into it. So, again, the first time we see um, what we would consider a deacon, so back to the Greek, it says deacon is a servant, right? Mm-hmm. That is the definition They're of a deacon. They're called to serve. That's a serve. It's underneath a, the elders, yes. Right. And it is a set-aside place it's, in the church. Yeah. It's to serve elders, masters, servants, which means that if there's other servants, you're supposed to serve them as well. So it's a servant of a servant. Mm-hmm. So it means it's a pretty lowly position, right? But Christ says that's the way to be. So, um, But we see it in Acts 6, 1 through 7, which we mentioned earlier. It says, in those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, they arose and... There arose a complaint from the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews. Uh, that's the 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 Jew Jews versus the Greek the Jews. You and Juju. The Jew Jews versus the Juju on that be. That their widows were not uh, were being overlooked in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, "It would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables." Brothers and sisters, select from among you, which we see. You know, it's funny. Sorry, I don't mean to pause here at verse three, but it's funny because remember Moses's father-in-law when he was judging, and he's like, "Hey, you probably need to, you know, get some more judges out here to do the lowliest stuff and do the highest stuff." Right. We see the same model then as we do now. Okay, and then that's that. I, I think we're we're getting somewhere. I think we're getting so, somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, who uh, whom can uh, we can appoint to this duty. 
but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole company, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip uh, Procreus, Nicor, I can't even say that one, Nicanor, Nicanor, maybe Nicanor, Timon, uh, Paramean, Par- I can't even say that one either. Parmesan. Par- yeah, Parmesan. We'll go Parmesan, Nicholas, <laughs> and, a, and a convert from Antioch. Uh, they had uh, they had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid hands their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and the large group of priests became obedient to the faith. So you go, Chris or Fuller? I'm sorry, Fuller, <laughs> not Chris. I can't introduce myself Fuller. as Fuller around you. It's it's our Fuller. Chris. It's Fuller. Uh, it says seven men. Well, isn't it funny that in Romans 16. Uh, Paul goes, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant, which is de- uh, deaconos, uh-huh. which is what? The same Greek word as we saw for deacon yep. in 1 Timothy. And we also see the Priscilla and Aquila same, serving yeah. and teaching. And it's the same Greek word, deaconos, mm-hmm. uh, of the church of, yeah, Sencria. Sencria. We're going to go with Sencria because it looks cool. Uh, <laughs> So you should welcome her sangria? in the Lord. Yeah, yes, Sangria, not Jeez, Sangria, Sangria. Big difference. Uh, welcome her, her in the Lord in a manner trustworthy of the saints and assist her in whatever manner she may require your help. For indeed, she has been a benefactor of many and of me also. So it's amazing how even Paul uses the same Greek word in which he wrote to Timothy to describe a what? Woman. Right, and, so, and, and I've said this in the past, I really think that the role of deacon was only created by the early apostles because the people were already screwing up in serving one another. Right. So it was like, since y'all can't serve one another, we're going to well, set people aside we to s- make sure that people get served. But we saw, yeah, we saw it in, in Acts, yeah. right? That the issue arose that, that people the, Hellen- were not being taken the care Hellenistic of. widows weren't being taken care of. So even in the early church, they, the church was messed up. Mm-hmm. So back to John MacArthur. Okay. So John MacArthur says that he, from what he sees in Scripture, and amazingly, he agrees with me, that uh, that this is a servant, so he believes there can be deaconesses. See? And I, I to- agree with him I, on that one. I told you you might agree with him on that one. I, be- I believe that they should be deaconesses, yeah. So Thomas Schreiner, oh, I love Thomas Schreiner, uh, says this. He says, Schreiner, it's Tom Schreiner. Whatever. Schreiner, Schreiner. Whatever. Hey, keep going. Snyder. Oh, wait. Nope. Uh, says we saw in tra- uh, translations of Romans sixteen one that Phoebe was either a deacon or a servant of the church in uh, Sancria. Uh, with so little to go on, the decision could go either way. For the word deaconos in Greek may refer to a servant without having the idea of the particular office. Nevertheless, the addition of the words the church in Sancria suggests an official capacity. Verse two supports this understanding, since Phoebe is designated as a patron according to the ESV, or a benefactor, CSB, which means she regularly helped, perhaps financially, those in need. In addition, many commentators believe Phoebe actually carried the letters, Mm -hmm. the letter of Romans to the Roman church, which would fit the uh, deaconal position. So, can they be deaconesses? I would say, bing, bing, chicken, chicken, winner, winner, chicken, dinner. So, but it goes back to the servitude, right? They're they're Mm -hmm. servants in the church. They can hold positions, but they are not positions of authority that lead doctrine or, or direction of the church. That is strictly for elder overseer. Okay, so so let's bring it back into today's culture and context, because obviously we have listeners from all over the spectrum, which has been really fun. We've seen Lutherans a part of our Facebook group. We've seen Catholics. We've seen sure. 
Reformed, we've seen Anabaptists, we've seen Baptist Baptists, we've seen th- not those Baptists, but we're that Baptist. Sure. We've seen all the Baptists. Sure. We've seen a, like all these different I'm, groupings in there, right? I, I myself am a Reformed Baptist, so. <laughs> uh, I lean more towards the Anabaptist side, but. That's right. We um, still love each other. But I, but I flip-flop between I have a lot of Reformed thinking, yeah, but then right. again, I'm like, ooh, but I don't like this part of the Reformers. Like, did you know Reformers in the Westminster Confession believe that the king was supposed to, like, with the sword, protect the doctrine of the church? I just read yeah. that video. My brain went. <laughs> so true reformers believe that. Nope. Just like the Catholics do it, we should be doing this too. Just in in a in a civil magisterial role. That was fascinating. That's anyway, why. That's why I follow Christ and not not, not, to, not just not the for reforms. today's conversation. Anyways, but you know, in in today's church culture, what roles can women have in the church? And it seems like so many times, out of fear of caution, the the background that you and I come out of is very very hard nose if they even have the title of pastor that that the title pastor is only reserved for the man and i think I've, we've seen that change a lot of it and like when i see the the the, the saddleback controversy with oh they they or they, they set aside and prayed over and ordained the these two women to be you know a junior high pastor a children's pastor and a family pastor which i'm like they're not. They, they they didn't give them quote unquote. El, they're not elders of the church. Yeah, they're I just, mean, they're just set aside. They are set aside leaders in the church, but they're not elders. They still serve under the elders. But okay, let's again. It gets back to our culture. What does pastor mean in our culture today? Right, and that's where the argument Al Mohler says and leads into. But I want to argue for the sake of of we need to argue on the sake of clarity. But I also think the fact of our church throws on the term pastor willy nilly too much. Yes, you know what I, I mean? agree. I think pastor should be reserved for an elder or an overseer. Right, like like, like even like, like like even if a student minister is ministering to teens, they are pastoring teens, they are shepherding teens, but, but they're not. They're still they're not the elders. They're still servants of the elders. Correct, correct. <laughs> and so, if you would ask me, okay, so Mark, when when we're talking, we're not just talking, can women be pastors? We're talking about women and leadership in general. Sure, sure. A woman can serve in any facet in church life outside of the designated elders in the church. I think where the argumentation and conversation comes that I'm still working through is, does that mean a woman could never teach in any way, shape, or form from a platform during the corporate worship gathering of the service? That's the area I'm working through. And right now it's more the fact of, no, the primary communicators need to be the pastors and the elders of the church and not, and, and then the question is, okay, so if, if we believe that, the student minister should never go on stage and teach because he's not an elder and a pastor either. Sure. So is there a difference between a, you know, the youth minister who preaches twice a year versus like the women's director teaching twice a year on stage? Like, so, like is there a difference? Have we gotten too muddy? This is where I think that in a corporate gathering, me personally, this is just Fuller's opinion time. Okay. It should, this, the, the corporate teaching should be reserved for, what we would call pastor, but in reference to elder overseer. Okay. From the corporate standpoint, outside of the corporate standpoint, I believe we have clear direction to what First Peter 3.15 says, get, have a, a ready defense for your faith, right? Which is a, what, teaching. Mm-hmm. So there is teaching, and that's not just a call to men, but a call to all. Right, because I, I, I like... Um, and to... Every, every woman's a theologian too, because how how can women teach other women if they don't know right. the stuff to teach? Well, and Matthew twenty eight tells us to go out into the, all the world preaching the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. And again, preaching is also what we would call teaching. So there is a teaching aspect there, but I think from what we see in Scripture in First Timothy and Titus, 
that the corporate gathering, teaching, doctrinal uh, solidification and direction of the church is only reserved for elder. So can I ask you a very fascinating question? I was trying to bait you into it, but you didn't quite bite. Sure. So when I first came on staff at the church and I was like 22, 23, in your opinion, should I have been teaching from the stage whenever Pastor Scott was not there? From my opinion? From your opinion, yeah. No. I love you, Mark. But no, not until you were officially brought in as an You'll elder. laugh, but from my study now, I would agree with you. Yeah. I would actually agree with you. However... Not that I think you weren't teaching good stuff or staying with the doctrine of the church. Right. I just I, don't I, think I it was... I submitted to it, the doctrine of the church. It wasn't your role. Not that it made you any less, or I mean, I still think you're gifted today, but you're not in that position today. So I don't think it would be appropriate for you to go and do that in a corporate gathering, right? Not like a main, main stage going and talking to teens or anything like that, or having one-on-one or conversations conferences or, or stuff like that. But yeah, but having a corporate gathering where, hey, this is the corporate worship and teaching doctrine from the stage. I don't think you're in the position of that anymore because you have stepped away from that position. Right. And so... This is then so for pastors. That's why. Then, that's why this is just two dudes talking. Right, just two dudes talking. And and so, but for 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 my side, when I when I look back at it, I'm like, then there's the question of, okay, well then, how can we ever help these young guys step up and have these opportunities to teach? That's what that's what an argument is, and I have an argument for that. Um, but even like right now, like people even sometimes ask, so like, Mark, so are you not an ordained pastor anymore? And I'm like, well, no, I'm I'm still ordained. I'm still a reverend. And so for me, it's the fact of I've been proven. In a good way, I resigned from my position. I wasn't fired. I which wasn't mean, which kicked means out. What, though you stepped away from the role from the role of elder at Southside. Yes, so, so I'm, I am no longer a role of elder at Southside. You are, you are not considered an elder right now. No, I'm not an elder. I'm because not an elder. In a an local elder church. in a local body means you've been proven and brought in. Mm-hmm. Right. So with pastors bringing in like guest speakers, like you know, one time our pastor was gone, and then the sure. then then they're like, hey, let's bring in this professor from you know Grace Baptist Theological Seminary, fantastic speaker. And he gave a great challenge to the church to move forward with the church under the power of an elder. That's how I would view if I ever stepped on a platform again, mm-hmm. unless I'm a you know brought on staff. But he, but again, even if I'm brought on staff at a church, that doesn't automatically make me an elder just because I was an elder over there. I was ordained right. over there. Right. I still have my ordination. I still have my license, sure. and I still have all these right. different things. But to be honest with you, but that's just what the state. Those requires. are states' requirements, yeah. right? So my, well, not my, just just the license of state required. Right. The ordination was based on the fact of this church found me and set me apart and said you. Yes. You can hold it's, the doctrine of, of our church. Right. It's the proving, you know? right? It's the proving that we see in First Timothy But at the same 3. time, deacons are supposed to be approved too. Yes. And this is where I kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give my final thoughts and we're going to land the plane right here. The fact of, yes, this is the way scripture lands it out. And sometimes though, we are stuck with reality of, okay, so what if you're at a church and there are not qualified men? I think the first step for the pastor is, okay, look around and see who you can train up to be the qualified men. And then just do the crap best you absolutely can, you know. So uh, yes, I would agree. With I would you. say do the best you can. And, I would agree and, with you. And, and, and there was one church, and I, I want to give praise to this church. They were really awesome. It was a pastor, and then there were these other women who was serving on the leadership team. And this one guy came in who has a very similar view to what I have. Right. Where's the fact of women can still be, you know, you can call them theologian residents or ministers or you know the worship leader. All these things. Women can serve all these roles. And he was talking with the pastor who agreed with him. And he goes, so why do you have women on, you know, the leadership team slash elder board or whatever you want to call it? And he goes, to be honest with you, I needed wise counsel 
in, in the nature we were in, there were no men who were qualified or, or elders or scripted. So we had these women stepped in, but he also flat out said, he said the fact of they understand that they're here to serve as well. And they're serving in that and giving sound advice. They would never call them elders or gatekeepers of the church, sure. but they're also were like, were they married? No, no. These were just women in the church. These were just I, I older women in the church. But were they married? Do yes. They, do you know? Were they being submissive? I, I don't to their know. Husband? I don't. That's, I don't fully so that's know. How it so people, oh, they're qualified. They, they, they could have been doctrine. single. They could have been single. Because, I have no because, clue. I have because no they clue. show up church and it's like, well, wait a second. There's a whole qualification for that too, right? And I don't so, know. And so I don't know. It gets a little muddy there, right? Right. And I will say this: well, there's another guy that I follow, and um, well, I'll, I'll try to get his, his links to his stuff in the show notes as well, where he actually says that the role of an elder is actually for married men. So he would say that in the church, Jesus couldn't be an elder. Paul couldn't be an elder. Correct. And Paul was not an elder. He was well, he was like the, he was like the coach of the elders and making sure people were set up because he would raise up leaders and say go get them boss and then he'd go plant another church because sure. there's some people who there's some people who plant Paul planted Apollos watered but how does a non, gave how does increase. a non elder plant elders I don't know. I wasn't there. Riddle me that one, Batman. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and, and I don't want to get stuck in the weeds and just keep no, rambling sure, sure, on right, and on right, and on right. and on and on. But for people who are listening to this podcast right now, I know there's a lot of different contexts and cultures. The more conservative Baptist you become, the more women become floor mats. And that yes, fact that the only good thing women are for is for making the potluck meals at the end and right. popping out babies and nursing them suckers. That's the only purpose of a woman. I'm like, heck no. You know, women can do so many things in the church. In fact, the church suffers if women don't serve because in the church because we're all called to serve well, one another. They're part of the body. 100%. And, if, and if half the body isn't functioning, then the we're not going to go very far, are we? Right. And, and, and women who have the gift of teaching teach. Like there's so many amazing avenues to teach. Like there's actually teachers that I listen to and sure. they, they would like they're on the um, they have the title of like women's pastor. Like, sure. so Christina Kane over at Mary's church, she has sure. the title of, she's the women's pastor. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. I listen to her content too, but if you listen to how she preaches, she preaches at all, but they're also a mega church of like 20,000 yeah. people. Like still, their women only ministry literally is that. I, I still think the pastor term gets thrown out too willy-nilly. Right. <laughs> but I also do think that if a woman has a title pastor, that doesn't make a church unbiblical. The question is, okay, well, who are the elders of the church? No, but it's what form of what what are you using that word pastor as? I guess is what I would look. Like. I mean, I I do say it's a because position if, of if you are in a position of teaching doctrine to the body, and the scripture says no, you are sinning. So you are an unbiblical church, right? But there's a lot of churches that like 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 at best church the the children's pastor she had the title of children's pastor. That's what I'm saying. She I didn't think, walk around like oh I'm pastor whoever I know, that but, was just but her I title. Think that's what I again I think that the word to term pastor gets thrown around willy nilly and it's not appropriate to be called that pastor even though we do it all the time, it's not appropriate. Right. And so I will, so, and then I'll, I'll say this final thought and I'll be done. Okay. There's a church I'm building a website right now for it. Sure. They have a staff of like 70 people or whatnot. There's only four pastors in that church. Mm. There's the lead pastor. There's the executive pastor. There's the pastor of worship. And then the, they call him the equip pastor, which basically mm. equip is the head of all the ministries in the sure. church. And so those are the only four pastors of the church. And then sure. they have lay elders as well. Right. But they have women serving in director roles and minister roles sure. all over the dang place. That's part of the deacon's right. spot, right? And it's so, a servitude and, role. And I do think that a lot of times, and maybe this is just the background that we come out of at a Baptist where, you know. I came out of charismatic. That's right. I came out of Baptist where it's like the youth where, pastor was just called Pastor Pastor Josh. And then we're like, I came why? out of charismatic where everything went. So everything was, everything was golden. Um, but, you know, but when we look at the Bible, I say the only role reserved for men is the, the elder of the church and the lead pastor is also 
it's an it's, elder of the church. So I also think the lead pastor has to be a man as well. well. That's my final thoughts. So my final thoughts is it it goes back to the way God created it from the beginning of the the roles of headship. It, it applies through family, it applies in church, and it applies in God's family. Right? God the Father is head over God the Son, mm-hmm. who is head over the church, who is head over the men who is head over the wives who are heads over the children see how it's just it's and each one's supposed to serve one another and there's different responsibilities with each role it's not that anyone is less than the other it's just a way it's a trickle down effect but we always think it as a a negative connotation and it's not and i think think that's because a lot of people have abused the abused the role exactly and we've seen a lot of how it should not be done so how should we think of this whole women and leadership roles yeah, I'm the plane boss. I would say with everything that's going on in the church today, uh, we have to answer for ourselves. Uh, who do we serve? Do we serve ourselves? Do we serve others? Do we serve Jesus? And should we be obedient to what has been taught to us by our forerunners? And I'm not talking about the forerunners who say women are a doormat. I'm talking about the forerunners, a.k.a. Paul and the scriptures, right? There's only one title. Well, we combine the two titles, but one title, two Greek words that we say are reserved for men in the church, and that is that eldership position. Time for Fun Facts with February. <laughs> well, dude, it took us a butt long time to get to Fun Facts. Can, can, can people tell this is the first time in the studio in a while? <laughs> well, I think it was necessary with this conversation, right? It's a conversation we've been putting off for a long time, and the reason being because it's a tough conversation. And I feel like we had to work through a lot of it. Well, we did, but... What what's the premise of our show? It's to to work through the hard conversations, right? Real conversations, real people. Anyways, final th- th- uh, the fun final, the final thought. thought. You have another one. <laughs> the fun fact of the I right. I looked down here. I saw final thought. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> See, I'm already laughing at myself. We need D- more caffeine. Did guys. you know that baby elephants suck their trunks for cuff- comfort? Wait, really? Like a passy? They're just like human <laughs> newborns making funny faces, except a tad bigger. What? Yeah. I did not know that. Fun fact. You know, I learned a fun fact today, too. Yeah. Did you know that when you see a guy on a statue of a horse, based on how the horse's legs are, tell you how he died? Wow. It's like if both legs were up in the air, he died in battle. If one leg was up, he died from wounds that he suffered in battle. And if both legs are down, he down he died a natural death. Hmm. So yeah, I, I learned that fun fact today. I learned but a, that's that. I was just thinking of elephants. Oh, horses! Like it's an animal, but that's really funny. So I learned a fun fact yesterday. Which yesterday, okay. A lot of people probably know, but I didn't. I didn't realize that uh, your urine is actually waste product from your blood. So you you absorb through your intestines liquid, right? And your kidney filters it out, right? It filters your blood out. So your blood is seventy percent of your blood, or seventy or eighty percent of your blood is made up of the liquid we drink, right? So when you don't drink enough liquids and you're feeling run down, that's because your blood isn't flowing right because you ain't got enough liquids to absorb. Which might make sense why I've been having you know some like my like my heart's been like it might, I feel like I got high blood pressure, but that's because I that, don't I need more water. That, that's called the pitter patters of too much caffeine, my good man. So I, just, I need more water. <laughs> is what you're telling me. Drink a lot well, more after water. Well, this episode, I'll go get a refill of water and I'll drink just water next episode. That's I all I'm gonna drink because I got to sleep tonight. I love it, guys. Well, just like always, we are so glad that you are here hanging out with us at RTC Land. I'm pointing at the camera that's not. But it's totally okay. We're still hanging out here on audio. To catch up with all things RTC, head over to our website, realtalkrichtopodcast.com. 
where there's links there to send us an email, get the phone number, all the social links. We also have the Facebook group that you can be a part of where it's growing every single week. At time of recording, we're getting close to 350 members in that yeah, Facebook group right. and well over 1,000 followers on Instagram. So it's been nuts. And 404 subscribers on YouTube. Hey, and you should that's go, awesome. Go straight to YouTube right now. Click the, click the subscribe and the bell notification. Ding. There's already been one secret video released for apologetics and we didn't even post on social media that you, happened no youtube only the only people who know about it are the youtube subscribers and the people in our facebook yeah, that's group. true that's true that's true but, but those, those are those, those are, are special two places people. that people are gonna know i absolutely love it man well hey follow anything else before we let these beautiful people go no sir awesome guys well we love you all and until next time take it easy